What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. Good afternoon, Tim. The master of hype, Snowbike. Hey, hey, yo, Tim, thanks for having me on today. One of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hello, Timothy. And the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Great afternoon. A five-man crew. A fun one for the games cast. Not Must too be a often, big review. It's always good. My, Whoa. I know that this was the goal. But my lord, I've never seen someone with wider teeth than you. <laughs> like, the, good lord. You hear that, Andy? That's my boy Tim letting me Holy know. shit. It's Stick that in your yellow fucking teeth. <laughs> like, good lord. Just want everybody to know that's uh, toothpaste from Italy. That's a whole <laughs> lot of just like uh, super alcoholic, I don't know, dentine super ice. Super acidic yeah. type of thing. Well, Didn't you did, pH levels real you bad You did like that. three levels of whitening when you were supposed <laughs> yeah, to be like, did. no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. You said it hurt. You said it was bad. Again, Let me think, the, Tim. The problem I have with Mike is that, you know, he won't listen to us when we ask mm -hmm. him to wear glasses to help his vision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he'll listen to any TikTok algorithm to tell him like, hey, just put the order this shit, spend Seventy dollars on it, and it'll come in from Russia, and just rub it on your teeth, <laughs> change your life. <laughs> but the day that he revealed this news to us, he was like, oh, "I'm burning my enamel off." Yeah, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it's sensitive. You're special, Damn, why special is your boy, seat so Mike. high, Mike? Beauty Come hurts. Down. God Damn it. Beauty <laughs> hurts. Come down. What do you mean? We're in line. You and I. We're in line. We're, we're in line. line. Just oh. two average height people sitting next to each just other average, right now. Two average height, height above people. average guys. I love this. Of course, we've assembled the dream team to talk about video games because video games are cool, everybody. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of funny games cast where we get together each and every week to talk about how cool they can be. Of course, you can get it on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com as a video but if you want it as a podcast search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast will be right there for you whole bunch of great reviews um, of games throughout the year already available there um, and of course throughout the rest of the year we're going to be hitting all the major reviews for all the major games coming out prediction topics a whole bunch of cool things so definitely go subscribe to that show some love uh, if you want to show extra love patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to go just like our patreon producers delaney twining and tripod plus plus thanks to their support they won't need to listen to the ads for rocket money later but for everyone else you get that and guess what if you're on patreon you can watch live as we record it you also get a whole bunch of bonus shows like kind of feudy about to record one of those after after we do this earlier today we recorded a shit list where we yeah. what, what we do bless we talked about the top 10 restaurants and video games yeah think about it think about it think about it think about it, think about it. <laughs> <Is> it <a laughs> did you guys enjoy yourselves a lot we enjoyed ourselves can you, give, fun a, can you give us two really quick off the list Cluck and Bell was mm -hmm. on oh, yeah. oh, Cluck and Bell's yeah. gotta be. Yeah, as it yeah, should be. That's a top, now, that's a top Is 10. it way lower than you'd expect it to be? Yes. I don't know. Go to Patreon. <laughs> the the answer is yes. Uh -huh. to find out. Give me one more. I, I don't even know if I could, Pokemon. honestly. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> There's a restaurant in, in a Fallout somewhere. Oh. Uh. Yeah. There's a restaurant, I think, in a Skyrim. No, it's not in Diner Dash. No, was the Diner Dash Diner mm -hmm. in it? Diner, uh, Diner Dash was not on so it. So this was, these are restaurants I'd want to eat in? Just top 10 restaurants in video games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the fun thing about the shit list, Greg, yeah, is we don't look at the list before we talk about no, it. No, I've you know? been on the show, and so we just kind of like we there's a prompt, bless finds a list, and then we just go into it, and then we try to guess what's on the list, what's on the order of the list, and then we really need to, at the end of the day decide is the list a shit list or is the list the shit. 
Uh, for those of yeah. you that don't know, that is good. the, the that's chance. Good. That's good. Which I don't think we did for this last list. I think we got to the end of it and we we're just like, we're so flabbergasted. We, we didn't, I don't think that it deserved. Well, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but there are dozens of episodes of the shit list that you can go get right now on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Um, but hey, enough about all that stuff. Well, actually, one last little thing I want to tell you. Uh, you can use our Epic Creator Code kind of funny on all Epic Game Store purchases. Uh, and even if you're getting the free stuff, there's been a lot of free deals recently on the Epic Game Store. Use our code kind of funny, and it helps us out at no extra cost to you. Let's get right into it. We're a quarter through 2023. Q1, as they say, Dunzo, over. And it might be the best Q1 video games have ever had. Absolutely not. Am I too bold Look to at these say bold this? Where were you last year? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess last year was pretty good. Last year's Q1 was incredible. I mean, this year, a lot, of, lot of remakes, but I mean, Jesus Horizon. Christ, man. Like... I, I feel like we're already at a point where our top ten list, like, I feel like I already have half a list, and we're only one one Q into the four Q year. Mm. What do you think? Three right? more Qs to go. There's three more Qs to go. Three more Qs to go. All about. A lot of Qs to happen. Then we're gonna queue up on our Q to talk about our Qs here in a second. Capital Qs. Capital I mean, plus Q. give me give me the. Is it fucked up that Q always has to be followed by a U, or is that just me? Crazy. Think about that. Like in the alphabet, just in words. In now word. that I'm thinking it's of words. Like, like quiet. Like, yeah, that's Q U. I, I'll, I'll stop you right there because you're making a fool out of yourself. If yeah. there's a letter after uh -huh. a Q, it's going to be a U. I will stop you right there. QU. Quintessential. <laughs> Quill. You're not, I mean, yeah. you're not going to get me. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Question. Let us know in the comments below a Q word. Cisco had to make up his own thing. Mm. You're right. You're right. Mm. Questlove. Quinceanera. You. <laughs> Plus, you're, 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 the challenge for you is you're saying last year is better than this year, Q1. Q, Q1, yeah. I think yeah. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. If did anything, I'll what, what are the things popping in your head for, for last as a refresher year, for people? Uh, Horizon. Elden fucking Ring. Horizon, Elden Ring, yeah. okay, Sifu, okay. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Legends Arceus, Dying Light 2, oh. not PSVR 2. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I feel like that handful already is 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 already topping this year. What was year that visceral reaction for Dying Light 2, Mike? It's fine. Really? I, mean, I don't know game. that it's automatic. But I think Elden Ring is cheating. Mike, I remember you having a fun fine. time with Dying it's a It's a fine game. Here's the deal. Let's, Let's talk to you about Rock A City. E elevate <laughs> the setting. I'm so bored of Eastern Europe. It's it's dreary. It's down. Everything is just brown all the time. Like, let's get They're some Eastern fun European in our lives. <laughs> they don't let, play American games. God, well, you know what? America. Send, send those devs to Hawaii, okay? Put me out somewhere tropical and Dead Island again. Dead Island there. one, Dead That's Island That's what time. I need. That's well, what I mean, I what's what's the argument for Q1 this year? Well, I mean, the topic of the show right now tots, is tots, game tots. of the year so far. Like looking at, at Q1, but again, mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of these are remakes, but I think that some of them are, are are remade to the point that they feel like such fresh experiences. But we're talking Dead Space, we're talking Metroid mm -hmm. Prime Remastered, we're talking Resident Evil Four Remake. Resident like, Evil. Those three alone, I'm like, those are pretty damn banger. You add Hi-Fi Rush to this Woo. surprise out of nowhere Xbox game that's up in the considerations. That's pretty damn good. That's a good call. That's Surprise good call. Tango Gameworks game. Let's give that team a shout out right there. Coming from the Evil Within and, of course, uh, Ghostwire Ghost Tokyo. Tokyo. Oh, yeah, they're coming it's hot like, off damn. that. They're coming hot <laughs> off they're that. coming banger. hot off of that. And out of nowhere, bang, hitting you with Hi-Fi Rush. Shout out to that team. Yeah. Wow. Let's see if it moved Xbox consoles. Oh, oh no. no, we're no. down. No, that's <laughs> that's right. we're oh, down. You're down a bit. You got to check tomorrow. You got to check tomorrow. Well, but uh, I, there's so much to talk about. But are you are you happy with Q1 this I'm year? I'm happy. No, this oh, is okay. yeah, this okay. is me talking shit at Q, Q1 this year. I think it's more so the idea that this is the best Q1 that we've had in a while. I look back at last year and I'm like, 
no, that was a Q1. If anything, I'd say I'm more excited for a Q2 uh, in the games that we're about to get, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of Jedi Survivor, The Legend of Zelda, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter, the next one, right? Diablo, Diablo. 4, Final Fantasy 16. Ooh. Like, Q2 this year actually might be the best Q2 we've ever gotten. Like, I think there's more of an argument there. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. if, we, if anything, half one of mm -hmm. this year. Q's one and two this year. Ooh. Good Q's. The, the great Q's as a whole. Yeah. Mind your P's and Q's, you know what I'm saying? What everybody says, Greg. Greg, how's gaming been for you, Q1? You're a dad now. This is your first, second Q1 as a dad. All right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. First time. It's been a lot like it was last year. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's been great. Brand I'm, new father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 it was a year and a half old. Uh, no, it's been, I think, a fantastic uh, Q1 for little Greggy over here. Are you kidding me? You got a WWE game in there. You got a Dead Space in there. You got Wild Hearts in there. These are games I have really been enjoying, really been appreciating. I would toss a uh, Before Your Eyes in there as well, of course. You know, I know a game that's older and been on other platforms, but was new to me and was the PlayStation VR 2 version, which I thought was more immersive than the Netflix one I went and kicked the tires on after the fact. Uh, it's been a great Q1. Uh, I think, you know, it's interesting, is you know, as visceral a reaction you got from Blessing being offended by your slander of Q1 2022. Uh, it'd be interesting to go back and compare other. Like, you know, I mean, I really do yeah. feel like it's an old adage that doesn't make much sense, but we talk about it all the time with the original Dying Light, right? Where that was a game that came out and found a audience and a, a, a spot on the calendar that most people weren't in. They weren't putting out January, Q, or February, uh, January, February, March Q1 things. You weren't getting bangers. And that was a game that came out that, again, was solid, you know, not, yep, the, not the best thing since sliced bread or anything. But since it was standing alone in that field, it was like, holy shit, everybody's playing it. Whereas now, I feel like we've just been on a tear of every month no at end. least if not every week or every other week there's something you need to be playing there's something that needs to be uh, consumed right now to be part of the conversation and sometimes i know i heard overheard you guys talking about it earlier right like it'll be something maybe like hogwarts legacy or wild hearts that kind of seems to have this big moment and go away right but it's because there's something else that's about to happen mm -hmm. like the staying power is what's so hard and why we're mm -hmm. seeing games like rumbleverse not be able to catch on be closed down knockout city not be able to catch on closed down because you're not, there isn't a quiet period anymore. There really isn't a time to get invested in something that isn't the fucking best thing. And even if it is the fucking best thing, you're going to be out of something soon enough. Yeah. It's different. Q1's hot right now, Tim. Yeah, Mike's Q1's what, been hot. Q1 not, like, this Q1 has been great, but, like, Q1 in general for video games is now the new thing, right? Like, holiday season, Q1's second. Q1's sure. hot. Everybody wants to release in Q1. Uh, Q1 for me has been a really good time. I mean, the surprise release of Hi-Fi Rush, I think, got everybody excited, having a really fun time with that hack-and-slash rhythm-based game. And, you know, I can't catch a beat, but I can have a good time with it, right? And I really loved that art style. I loved the music to that game. I thought that was something really, really special. And, of course, I am the Xbox guy on the panel, so I do have to beat the drum for Age of Empires 2, right? And what that, Tim, that, what that team did to bring over a beloved RTS, one of the goats in the RTS genre, put it on console and make it feel so, so right on controller. I mean, that's something really, really special. And it just continues to add on to what we're seeing in Q1. Like, brought up Hogwarts, of course, massive game, right? I know Andy really, really loved Wild Hearts. There is a wide plethora of games that you could get lost in, and I've had a really good time. And, of course, I'll talk a little bit later on about Crime Boss Rock A City and how it's stolen you my heart. You better not. But we'll talk about <laughs> you, that You're later. not allowed to come out and be like, eh. Dying Light 2. Rock A City, though. Let's fucking go. Let me tell you about That's his man-eater from this year. Man, y'all remember Man-Eater? What a great game that was. That was his top 10. That was a special game, Andy. They put the shark in Shark RPG. Andy, what Q1 for you? I know we've talked a lot about most of the games here, but... what? 
how you feeling about it? I think there's one sort of not so hidden gem that a lot of people have been kind of playing more and more, and that's dredge. If y'all don't know what dredge Will you is, you please pitch me on this because I look at it. I I looked at the trailer, but I had the sound off. I think I was walking. Uh, uh, what's the dog's name? That's not Portillo. Cole. Cody. Cole. Uh, oh. Cody. <laughs> Cody. Cody. <laughs> uh, I was walking, calling. I think I watched it there because so many people were tagging me. Greg, you'd love this. You'd love this. And I looked. I'm like, I don't really feel like playing a fishing game right now. Mm. So Dredge it has a gorgeous little art style. I think it's 24.99 on Steam. I believe it's also on. It's everywhere. I think. Right? Is it everywhere? Yeah, it looks like it's everywhere. Um, it on its surface seems like a normal little fishing sim, and uh, it's almost similar to Animal Crossing, where they give you a boat and they're like, hey, we'll let you kind of fish and sell the fish back and you'll meet a bunch of NPCs and there's bones on, on loner right now. Or this boat, did I say bones? Bones, these this bones are on, on a, loner, but on lo- coming back for the bones. <laughs> it's a loner right now. And eventually you go out and keep on doing these little small jobs, but then stuff starts to get more and more eerie and things don't quite to be what they seem. And it essentially starts to turn into... Um, I guess to spoil alert, like they're kind of showing you right here in this trailer, it starts to get kind of horrific in moments and it essentially becomes a Lovecraftian that's, yeah, that's horror game. Um, yeah. But it, so far, like of what I've played, I've only played it for about like 20 minutes just because I kind of wanted to feel out how it was and whether it would be good enough to stream or not. Um, it seems to be one that, I mean, right now it's like getting 10 out of 10s on a lot of different websites. I think it's, in the current like highly recommended bracket on Steam, it seems like it's a game that you're gonna need to check out if you really want to have like a super serious game of the year type list. It's one of the ones that you're gonna want to definitely dive into before the year ends. Ah. See, I look at it, I just go, I should finish Moonglow Bay. I, enjoy I was that just game. gonna say this is Moonglow Bay happy. with a ha- twist. Yeah, Moonglow Bay happier. Well, I mean, they're pretty. You, you know, know what I mean? With a twist. Your partner, remember, disappears. The whole town stops fishing. You have to go fish. That's not a twist for you. Whoa! And I, I haven't mean... finished the game, but I assure you, that guy's not dead or girl's <laughs> okay, not okay. dead. You know? Maybe. Yeah, I'm stoked to check out Dredge. I, I want to keep on playing it. Uh, I want to go and exactly see how scary it gets. That's one thing I am worried about. Like Ooh. how, how mm. horrifying does this get? But as somebody who played Dead Space Remake, I'm a new person. All right. Wow. And wow. Dead Space Remake is one of those so games proud. that will definitely be in my top ten. Uh, by the end of the year, take contender. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's start that? talking about these contenders, right? As of right now, what is your game of the year? Bless. Ooh. Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. Hi-Fi Rush is not even close. Yeah, it's pretty easy. That's it, for me. That game was such. It was just such a strong surprise. Uh, it was a surprise that came from a studio that I did not expect that from. And then also, I think. On every, sing- on every single level they try to hit, right, like um, art style, animation, story, gameplay, it all, it all hit in varying degrees of excellent. Of course, there are places where I think they could improve and get better, but I think from a broad perspective, they hit everything at, at a pretty excellent level where that, that had me impressed, right? Playing through that game, fell in love with the characters, fell in love with the story. I thought the uh, rhythm combat was very fun, very engaging, especially for a genre that I think oftentimes alienates its players. Like I think back to games like uh, BPM, Bullets Per Minute, or even um, Metal Hellsinger that came back came out last fall. And there are plenty of people that I hear talk about how, yeah, I just don't have rhythm. Yeah, like that. these games just don't work for me because I'm not able to keep up with the beat. Um, Hi-Fi Rush, I think, helped bridge that gap quite a bit by adding features and adding in a combat style that feels way more approachable than usually this kind of game is. Uh, there's that. There's the fact that, like, 
you know, combat, when you are in the flow of it, just feels so alive and fun and doesn't let up. And for, like, anytime I wasn't fighting in this game, I was like, I can't wait for the next combat uh, sequence. And that is not a thing I say often in action games, right? Like, the combat really has to hit for me to be like, nah, throw me some more bad guys. Like, I just want to constantly fight all the time. Um, I think it hit on that level. I think the boss fights were fantastic. I still think back to, um, it was like a, a few levels levels before the end of the game where there's a boss transformation in a cutscene that I'm like, yo, I can't believe what I'm looking at right now. Like I had to save the clip on my Xbox and rewatch it uh, over and over again because it was just that that dope in action. There's that. There's the references. There's the inspirations it takes from different animations and different video games. And all in all, for me, Hi-Fi Rush was just a surprise that was super joyful to play all the way through. And I, yeah, I think that for me, this is easily the, the the game that I would say I have a pure love love for more than anything else that's come out this year so far. What about you, Mike? I'm right there with him. Hi-Fi Rush. Everything Blessing said, we have a new console mascot uh, easily with Chai and, of course, 808. Like, this was a ton of fun. This is a hot game that everyone should play this year. It's on Game Pass, which is another mega win for Xbox and those teams over there. Like, this was just a ton of fun to play, and I am that person. I can't catch the beat, and it gave me the accessibility to be able to catch the beat and learn to catch the beat, and I had a ton of fun with that. So yeah, yeah high fi rush. I saw even today they put out a new patch that like has even more um, different options for people to be able to play. Greg Miller, what about you? I would say before your eyes, PlayStation VR two. Like I said, a, a game that has been out a while. You could play it on your webcam on PC. You could play it on Netflix, uh, your, the, your phone there. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's, of course, the game control by blinking. Um, no controls outside of that, right? And so for PlayStation, I mean, there is an option to play traditional, but like it's meant to be played that way. And so for PlayStation VR 2, of course, being locked in the headset, having nothing else to look at, having to go through the story here of a, a soul crossing the river sticks for all intents and purposes, right? Uh, I was amazed by, first off, the creativity of it. Uh, and then the narrative of it really caught me off guard and really blew me away and devastated me and made me weep into Blessing's headset, which I'm still sorry about. Uh, I paid the favor. I, yeah, <laughs> you, did, you did use mine then to play it on your own. Um, Real Tears of the Kingdom. Just a brilliant game, you know what I mean, and one that I shouldn't have uh, slept on as long as I slept on. I, you know, I, I did myself a disservice at that, but I did, of course, then get to play it this year on PlayStation VR 2. Uh, and for me, you know, because I, I have gone back and played it on phone, I think that VR is the definitive way to play it just being completely locked in there and losing yourself to the story and the narrative and really feeling like you are the character, the the boy here as you play through. Yeah, I got to play it through uh, the first time this last week and I had such a good time with it and I'm not going to talk about it yet, but like I was caught off guard, as Greg mentioned, right, by just how I think tender and personal the the story is. And I was expecting something that was going to be along the lines of a like a Gone Home or what you expect from a narrative game, right? Like a What Remains of Edith Finch, that kind of game. And I wasn't expecting it to hit as hard as it did like once i realized what's happening once you realize what's going on and once you really take in and get to the latter parts of the story it really goes for it in terms of some of its um subject matter and reveals and it's really cool like especially before the fact that you play it just by blinking and the way it manages all that stuff and the way it kind of brings it all in and really makes this like a really good cohesive piece of I would even just say art, right? Like it is a fantastic video game that I I like stand in line with Greg and, and Janet in terms of if you have PSVR two, you gotta play before your eyes. Like that is on the I stand by it's, it's still the only must buy on PlayStation VR two. Everything else I think you either recommend based on your preferences. Do you well do you like driving sims? Then yeah, go do GT. Well, have you not played Moss before? Okay, then you should play that. Whereas before your eyes is like, oh, get it. Oh, you've played it before, I don't care, get it again and play it in this different experience. How before. long is it? Not long. No, it's like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 
And so I think, you know, uh, obviously that can be a work against it for some people, but for me, it's exactly what I want out of that. You know, I've talked a lot about PlayStation VR 2 uh, and VR in general. And my belief that so many things right now still feel like I'm at a Dave and Buster's. They feel like I'm there playing an arcade game that I could walk away from at any point in time because of uh, running out of quarters or there's something else to go do or I want to move on to the next uh, arcade-like experience. Whereas this is a start to finish, you're going to play and you're going to go. And, uh, you know, for me, what I go back to is that... I, you know, I like being surprised. Uh, I, I don't think every video game is Ooh. predictable. Ah, good job, Andy. <laughs> Surprising. Uh, you know, that every game is predictable, but, you know, I did make, uh, uh, I did stop at one very specific part in the game. <clears throat> and I was talking to Jen over dinner about it or whatever. And she was like, hey, oh, is this game going to devastate you and make you cry? I'm like, no, no, I don't think so because I just stopped here and I think what's going to happen here. And I'll probably make this choice and I'll go one of two ways and blah, blah, blah. And it was totally not that. And it ended up yeah, just devastating me, right? But not for the reasons I expected it to devastate me. Um, I think that's powerful. I think that's cool. I like being caught off guard about it. It, it, it is very much not only in the emotional uh, section remind me of Gone Home, but also in the go play it with knowing as little as you can. If you haven't had it spoiled yet, go play it, even if that means you're just going to play it on your Netflix app. It's another one that I would also say, once I finished the game, I was like, this feels almost tailored for Greg Miller. Sure. Right? Like in the way that I played the first hour of God of War Ragnarok, it came into the office and I was like, hey, you played it yet? Like, this is, this shit is for you. Before your eyes, like once I finished it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, like this is going to hit. Like depending on just what your life experience is, right, and, what, and um, what, what you've been through, right? Like I think this has the the capacity to hit more than others, but I think it's going to hit for everybody, right? In terms of if you're just open to this kind of narrative yeah. game, it is for sure um, a powerful one. And again, Plus. you know, the blinking uh, uh, being the way to advance it, sometimes that happens, you know, against your will, right? You don't mean to blink, but you blink and you advance the scene. You're blinking through memories of this character's life, your life. And so it was, I think, of even after I finished it and knew everything, I wanted to go back and rehear those conversations I accidentally blinked through and you know I see what they were going to say and what was going to happen well, one thing I, I I do hold against the game is um I played most of the game on Friday at the studio um logged off uh because we had our team meeting that we were doing and then once I got home the next day I booted up on my PlayStation and I couldn't find the save and I was like oh shit I guess my, my cloud save didn't send over um like didn't upload to the cloud or didn't download to my home PS5 um and so I was like I guess I'll just wait until Monday to play at work I come to work boot up the game and my save's gone and I'm like what is going on here like did my like home save overwrite my work save like is this a cloud save thing and then like I looked it up and asked people on Twitter and they're like no like people have people have seen this issue before and before your eyes and it was like reddit threads of people that have dealt with the save issues and so I lost the save and I was like that's fine like I was upset but I was like I'll just watch the rest on um on YouTube and I boot up the video I had four minutes left in the, in the game oh. <laughs> like I just had four minutes left that I needed to see through but it was fine and in the yeah. chat over here for the trogs people watching live on patreon.com slash kind of funny Cameron Kennedy says they blink a lot seems like it would be a disadvantage advantage of course you can turn that off and play a more traditional way uh, however i think it really speaks to the narrative because again you start the game and you know you've died you're you're in your boat you're here to reflect on your life all the way from birth to death right all through all these years and so i think it really does play of your you know being this person you're role-playing as this person and so you want to stay in these often sweet like nice memories right so it is that thing of i oh, don't blink don't blink and you blink and you move on or like i would occasionally you blink too early miss out yeah. on a conversation and i did the exact same thing where i would accidentally blink because i'm not thinking about it i'm yeah. like shit i was i was, I was listening it. to that like i was, I was into it. that like oh no cool, now it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. so what is what's the game like is is it more of like an actual interactive movie or is there gameplay to it 
it's more of an actual interactive movie, I would say. So it's not every blink advances. This you'll get to very specific places where you blink and that'll end the scene or move on to the next memory. In the same breath as you saw a little bit in the gameplay there, you're it's eye tracking you know, with the PlayStation VR. So you are painting or choosing something or you know playing piano. Like there's a there's gameplay elements that way, but it is like you're on rails. It's not like you're gonna do, you can do stuff that influences it, but you're still going to the same destination. Do you see this bless ending up as a contender at the end of the year? No, you didn't hit ten hard enough. Tell, show him how. Yeah, you gotta hit it contender. There it is. I mean, I think for some people, right? Like, obviously, for, for for Greg, yes. For me, I don't know if it's gonna be in my top ten. I think part of that is because I view it more as an old game. Like, it's a game that's been out on the other platforms because it's coming to PSVR specifically um, this year. It's that, and then also this year is just so stacked. When stacked. I look down the the future of, is this gonna be one when I when. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Spider-Man and other games come out, is it going to still be able to, to stick in there? Possibly, but um, yeah, I don't know for me if it's going to end up in that top 10. If I need to so throw something new out, I would say Forspoken. Really? really? No, fuck Andy Cortez, what about you? This is a weird one, because I don't think anything's like a clear runaway winner yet. I know... I probably just need to play Resident Evil 4, which I have been enjoying of what I did play. But then I realized, like, oh, I'm going to save that for Halloween because there's always, like, something spooky to play in Halloween. And it's like, oh, all the games are way too spooky. But this game's, like, just enough action yeah. and just enough fun. And I totally get it. And I remember playing Resident Evil 4 back in the day. And it it is worthy of, I think, all of the praise that it has been getting, obviously. I, this is going to be a weird one. I'm going to say Destiny. Not really? that Not that Lightfall is what... I'm even considering here, not that sure. the Lightfall expansion is that, but just the fact that Lightfall was able to get me back in a major way where I have been playing through not only Lightfall, but all of the other expansions. And it is, I feel like I'm seeing something new all of the time because there's so much content to go through and it is always a treat. And it's just, you're just clicking heads and ripping them to shreds and it's fun or whatever, but I am just- Are you globetrotting? Uh, your universe trotting. Are you right? headshot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am, and it is it is really really impressive the uh, the amount of quality poured into these worlds and these uh, environments that you get to explore. I uh, yeah, I think again, a lot of people are gonna like hate on this because I don't think Lightfall was exactly what the hardcore Destiny fans wanted because uh, it really didn't satisfy a whole lot of their needs and what they wanted for the story and answers for questions that they've been asking for a long time if anything i think it just introduced more questions but getting into the world having these cool boss fights having these dungeons having uh, a lot of fun missions to go through cool new abilities uh the game uh, i'm just so impressed by it and i'm so impressed that like it got me back in that sort of way i was not expecting it anytime a destiny trailer has come out i'm always the one tweeting like maybe this is the one i get finally get back in on I can't believe it actually got me back in because it's just that damn good looking and that damn fun to play. Yeah. So can I ask an interesting question? I think it's to go back down the panel in a way, right? Is like, you're like, oh, you know, Q1, no far and away winner, yada, yada, yada. I think it's a rare exception like an Elden Ring where you, but even then people are like, well, what about God of War? Does anybody think their game of the year right now will be their game of the year? Absolutely not. 
Yeah, me neither. Probably not, no. Hi-Fi yeah. Rush will be towards the top five, I bet. Sure. I mean, I think that's something special for everybody. I think we'll be in the top I five conversation. I didn't say top five, if you notice. I, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it's just like, that's not making his top five. <laughs> that was the fucking <laughs> that question! That booted, you know what I mean? <laughs> what a boring campaign that was. Don't get me started on that. That was unfortunate. Which one is this? The Lightfall campaign. Mm. I think that was a big miss. That are was you, not fun raid ready, Mike? to play. I am raid ready. I'm happy to report. I think that the experiences that I've had in Destiny, what I saw and experienced in that campaign was really, really boring, right? Like, there was no awesome, unique settings. There were some cool settings, but, like, it felt like you saw the same setting over and over again. It was, hey, you're learning a new skill. We're going to take it from you. We're going to give it back to you. And, like, four out of the six missions, essentially, were the same. Hey, you're going to go kill the same 40 Vex over and over again doing that. And I, I really wish that they elevated that. I thought it would have been a lot cooler than it was. Mm. And that was unfortunate for me. Sounds unfortunate. Yeah. You know what else is unfortunate? There's people out there that have to see ads, you know? But you could go to patreon.com slash kind of funny and not see them. But for everyone else, here they are. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you, you, you out there. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny plus what were you gonna ask i was gonna ask what's your game of the year so far thank you thank Ooh. you for asking you know it's it's hard because i feel like the what is a game of the year is a conversation we have a lot and with where we're at right now most of the things that brought me the most joy have been remakes and or remasters or whatever it is. And that can kind of uh, be a little weird. So I think my answer is is layered a bit where I look at the remakes and if I'm being completely honest with my heart and my mind and Listen who I am, heart. the answer is Metroid Prime Remaster. Mm, and that's a good point. I it, forgot about that. It's a really good game. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty damn good. And the reason that I, I would say that it is my choice right now is that you look at things like like we've talked about this a lot, but Resident Evil 2 remake, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remake, like, there's just been amazing remakes recently that not only make the games feel and look like you remember them, but enhance that even in some ways, where it's like, wow, we're playing some of the definitive versions of some of the best games ever made. And I just feel so lucky that we're in this era that that is the case. And playing Dead Space is a perfect example of that. Like, I cannot give enough props to Dead Space for being as damn good as it is. Like, I think it is the best version of Dead Space, a game that I already loved. And um, Resident Evil 4, same thing so far. I'm still not done with it, but like, it's unbelievable that the game's as good as it is. Metroid Prime is interesting because it's technically not a remake. It's straight up just a, it's a remaster or whatever. Um, and because of that, I feel like, oh, okay, I, just, I wouldn't give it, put it on the list because I, I feel like a remake's one thing, a remaster's another, right? But playing this and then playing Metroid Fusion, which is just straight up the original Game Boy Advance game, it just made me realize, like, man, Metroid Prime Remastered 
is so much more of a remake and it feels so fresh compared to Metroid Fusion, which is just straight up the same game. The way that it has the dual stick controls, it changes Metroid Prime. Like it is a new game that I played through and that new game is better than the old game in my opinion. And like, I can't believe that that's the case, but it is. And Metroid Prime is fucking phenomenal. It is a 10 out of 10 video game and uh, being able to play it again now with this new style and it feels so fresh, a game that I've beat countless times, I am so impressed by it. Having said all that, I really got to give a shout out to Hi-Fi Rush. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I do think Metroid Prime is is a better game. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at, too, where I feel like Metroid Prime is the best old game, where Hi-Fi Rush is my is the best new game. And I, it's, it's hard to quantify that, because if I was to say the best time I had playing a video game this year, right, or what is the best video game I played this year, technically, it would have to be Metroid Prime Remastered. Dark Souls 3. Would, well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> gotten around to that one yet. Uh, but yeah, I would, say, I would say Metroid Prime Remastered, but... If we're talking about game of the year list at the end of the year, maybe I'll feel a different way now, but or maybe I'll feel a different way later. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I would put it up there just because it's not new, right? Like it's, it's a remaster, but do we count? Do we count that? It's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's complicated. And again, I, I personally, with where I'm at now, th there's no chance that at the end of the year, Dead Space, RE4, or Metroid Prime, like some combination of those, aren't going to be on my list because I think that they are in 2023, some of the best games have to offer. We have so many other games to come out, so I don't know exactly how the list is all going to shake out. Uh, but Hi-Fi Rush, like it, I think it lacks the game of the year quality to me that I'm like, oh, it's, it's the number one and that's the thing. But it is such a strong eight. Like It is such a great first step, and I, I can't wait for a sequel. And I think that the sequel could potentially be like that much better. Um, I'm just so happy that we were introduced to a brand new IP and like add on the shadow drop, add on the game pass, add on all this, add on the fact that it's Xbox, and I want to see them get the, the Ws. This is a W. It's a capital W, man. Like, Hi-Fi Rush is beginning to end a just damn good time. And it's what I look for in video games is having fun. And that game is fun to play, fun to look at, fun to listen to. Like, purely fun, most fun I've had this year in, in games. So I, I think that it's going to end pretty damn high on my list at the end of the day. I agree. It's probably going to be pretty high for me. Um, I didn't really realize how stacked the rest of the year was until me, Mike, and Tim had that question in Games Daily earlier. Of name your hype levels between Lies of P, Diablo 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy 16. Well, there's one... No, uh, Street Fighter was Blinking on Diablo. something else. Tears of the Kingdom? Oh, yeah. Zelda? Yeah. Oh, did Zelda I have was in that. He said that. Oh, oh did he say that? Yeah. The, the, there was, I think there was like five say in total. Again. <laughs> there was five, just... and there's even more than that, too. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. There's and, even more. And just looking at those five, it's like that... Let's just count those as as top tens already, right? Like I I don't see a world where those aren't in my top ten. Yeah, and it's crazy that they haven't even like if you say oh the majority of your top ten list hasn't even come out yet and it's April. That's fucking wild to me. <laughs> it is right, and but even then it's like there's already some games that I think are the contenders. Contender. Contender. I don't got I just watch what Andy does. Contender. I don't do it either. I think it I think it is the visualization. Contender. Contender. Listen to how he says ten. Contender. It's like chicken tender. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a really great point. I want to talk I want to dive deeper into to this boy's mind. a rare appearance here on the games cast. You're obviously on the X cast side repping all that stuff, which usually means you're talking about the big first party Xbox yes, titles, yes. and you get to get into some of the things. I mean, I guess this is still a big first party title, but like Age of Empires games that we don't <laughs> traditionally talk about on, on Gamescast. Yeah. 
What are some games you want to shine a light on? Oh, thanks. From Q1, at least. I, I wrote down a couple that I want to definitely shine the light on that we experienced and had a good time with. And I have three written down. Of course, let's shout out the OG, GoldenEye. Of course, having the GoldenEye re-release come out to Xbox and have the twin sticks with that and how that felt with two sticks in a modern era felt really, really good. Was it missing online multiplayer? Of course. But being able to play James Bond GoldenEye on an Xbox console in 2023, a special moment for sure. Then after that, Sons of the Forest. I love a good survival game. I really loved the forest and what that give, game Give the pitch on became. what this is. Uh, the Sons of the Forest and the Forest franchise is you crash land on a helicopter or plane onto an island. And that island has some freaky deaky stuff going oh, on, no. on it, Greg. There's cannibals on the island. There's a goal. Of course, I'll give you the Forest One rundown. You got to find Timmy, your son. Oh, Timmy, God. Where'd Timmy on the go? Cra- on the crash landing of the plane, Timmy is gone, and you got to go find Timmy. And, of course, there's some freaky-deaky stuff going on on this island. And sure. we don't know if Timmy's been abducted by the cannibals or maybe a mega corporation that's got some bad stuff going God on. God damn it. And so your goal is, just like any survival game, to survive by building, crafting, and just oh, living on this island, right? And so, oh, oh my God! Sons of the Forest was the highly anticipated (laughs) sequel for survival fans out there. Of course, it did launch content light. I think that was the biggest complaint that people had was... Was What was that there? What was that there? Was that a... Goro was Goro showering. Uh, we're gonna oh. we're gonna talk about that. That could be a daughter of a family member, the Puffingtons that you're looking for. Maybe she turns out to be a a friend where I hand her a shotgun and a pistol and she oh, shoots. Cool. Things. I right. played this game and Mike could be lying about any of this. I wouldn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I I really like these survival games, right? And uh, the Forest was something I attached myself onto a long time ago, and I love what they've done. I think the biggest complaint that you'll hear from people was it was content light. It was promised to be the full release. Then the team quickly right before the launch of it said actually we're going in as a game preview right this is a game as early access it won't be everything that you want and more right but if you give it time these kind of games evolve over time and it will grow and be better but i love a good survival game right and that actually goes into the next one i'm always on the hunt for the next big shooter right i'm burnt out on fortnite apex and call of duty i'm looking for someone to break the mold on either the team arena shooter or the Battle Royale. Who's got that next big thing, Tim? And we got a glimpse of it with the finals. We got to do some early play tests with the finals, and I was really impressed with what we saw. There's some small tweaks, of course, that they'll improve upon. It was clearly some Battlefield devs, so you can feel it's a little bit looser on the gunplay side than a cool Call of Duty tightness, but it has Levolution, my favorite mm-hmm. word. It has destructible environments. It has really unique and awesome maps that have played in the day and at night, And it is a really interesting concept of a game show where four teams of three get dropped into a map and your goal is to go find vaults spread across the map. You go then stand at the vault and it's the basic concept of a roaming hard point, right? You go to the vault, you stand there for 30 seconds, it unlocks the vault. Then you grab the money, you go over and cash it in at the ATM. You stand at that hard point and it gets money in there, right? And so... It was a really cool concept. I would like them to tighten up the gunplay and also maybe make some other game modes. But for what we saw out of this playtest, it gave me belief that, yes, the shooter genre can evolve. We can move past just battle royales or maybe the basic team arena that we've been stuck in for so long. And I'm not saying any of those are bad. I'm just saying there will be another one. There will be a next stepping stone. We're going to get to that. And the final showed some really cool stuff. And that's what I'm excited for. So those are my three shout-outs. Andy, did you play finals? 
I played a little bit of it during the first preview. I will say during that first trailer, like I never saw anything in the game that looked anything like the first trailers or the trailers that we just saw where there are insane amounts of destruction. Um, and if there were, then your game's going to come screaming to a halt down to like, you know, 20 frames per second. Um, not a game that I, I don't think had enough time with to fully get the language of, you know, um, I played it with, I believe Mike and our friend Kevin Ace X and, it just didn't really do a whole lot for me. I wasn't able to hop into the second uh, test period that they had. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one that that I'm looking forward to that I really, really enjoyed the beta period of that we had um, during, I think, Steam Next Fest was Dark and Darker. Dark and Darker is one that I cannot wait for, like, the full version one release of. It's a um, kind of a looter extraction type game similar to... Um, Escape from Tarkov. Escape from Tarkov, yeah, or like the the division uh, modes. Yep. Uh, Dark Zone. But this is you and two other friends, and it's medieval style, and it's all kind of close quarter catacombs, dungeons, and you are walking through, trying to beat enemies in the world, and sometimes the other people are real other players that are there trying to also escape with loot that they can then take back when you finally fully escape and you save that loot to then level up and kind of have better stuff for the next run. But it is, it's such an interesting concept because just on the surface and just based on previews, I'm like, this game just looks kind of basic and it just seems like a, a very, very early form of this early access game. But there's something about that intimate close quarters nature that makes it so intense mm. knowing that mm -hmm. like, um, because you can't sprint in this game. There isn't, like, crazy fast action. It's all about, like, kind of spacing and movement, and then you hear footsteps, and you're like, oh, there's players in the other room. Oh, shit. And you see them, and you close the door, and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then, like, there, you can maybe trap them in with other little, like, uh, ghouls that then start spawning or whatever. I think it just kind of has, like, that perfect sort of sauce. And it was one of those that I think we were a little bit... Uh, are we going to be into this? Let's try it out. Let's try it out on stream. And me, Mike, and Nick played it and had a fucking blast. Uh, and then we continued to play it, and then the beta eventually went offline. But that's one that I'm super stoked to actually have. They went offline to eventually bring the version one out, which will think be out in a couple of weeks or something like that. But Dark and Darker is what it's called, and it, it's it's pretty awesome so far, what, I've, what we've played. Yeah, chat's blowing up over there, of course, if you're watching on live. They're saying a lot of it uh, might not be coming out anytime soon. They're saying stolen assets, so we'll have to look into that one and Ooh, see yeesh. if that's real or not, which is too bad. <laughs> they should have just bought the assets from the stores. Like uh -huh. does. Uh, yeah. I'll pitch on one more that I was really blown away with. And Blessing, this is right up your alley because it's all about social de uh, deduction. deduction. I know you love those games. Deceive Inc. is another mm -hmm. really fun social deduction game. Uh, it is a first-person shooter. The goal is simple, to socially deduct who is the other bad guy's team. And so, the duck. Uh, it is the three teams is of three. over here right now. Awesome, quack, fun quack. Uh, maps, very lively and colorful. Your threesome will then go off into the map and try to find these, you know, labs and layers that have a special briefcase. And then you'll ex uh, extract out of there. But your goal is to kind of take the look of security guards, um, co- er, 
uh, service workers all around the map and slowly get into higher security areas where then you will finally get the final payoff and run away. But your goal is to find the other team. And it's really cool. who can act the best like an NPC awesome. and get called out. It's on like, it, what's right? that one game where you play as a sniper and then there's somebody at the party? Yeah, like, we're talking about that. Uh -huh. And yeah. so this one's really fun because it is cool of like the idea of the teams, of course, are going for the end goal. But what it really turns into is can we find the other team and shoot and spray at them and have an awesome gunfight? And I really liked what I saw out of That's this cool. one. This is a fun time and a really good party game where nine people come together, three teams of three, and it is fun. You'll you'll figure out the subtle cues of, like, no NPC can jump. So the sure, moment yeah, you sure, see someone sure. start jumping around or, like, You're like oh, really over sprinting there, around, there. you'll know. That's awesome. It's and like, it, it's fun. It's, it's cool. Like that game we played with uh, Achievement Hunter a while back. Like the, the spy Gary's mod type stuff? Yeah, or? some Gary, I forgot, um, Prop Hunt or something yeah, like that. It's, yeah, it's similar to Prop Hunt, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think in this one it's really cool because you do, you see a lot of the same similar NPCs kind of walking around. And a lot of them will just stop, and you're like, that could be somebody scanning. Yeah. Well, this a is the treasure. whole thing of Assassin's Creed multiplayer, right? Remember that? When yeah. You go out and play that, and like you, you'd be dressed as them, and then mm -hmm. you'd have to watch for the other person who was not doing the right thing. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat from what we played. Um, definitely one that I'm. I, I was having some major PC PC issues whenever we tried PC gaming. Am I right? The worst. The worst. It never works, dude. Hey, let's just waste a bunch of money and time. PC gaming in a nutshell. You Greg know, Miller. Hey, buddy. Hey. What are some of the the ones games you want to shine a little bit of a light on? That are coming still? No, no, no. That uh, Q1. Oh, that haven't that that we've already that. Uh, I mean, we're, I, we we nobody titles. talked about nobody talked about Octopath Traveler too. Go I've been it. enjoying that quite a bit. Of course, you know, I mean, it's more Octopath, which is great. That art style everybody loves. Uh, the stories are more interconnected, which I've enjoyed. Uh, but the mainly the stories are as good as they were the first time around. I feel like I found something in all the characters so far uh, to connect with and be uh, uh, into their story for. Right? I feel like uh, Octopath Traveler one. There were certain people on my squad that I really liked their story. This one, uh, but I'm sorry, there were, and then there people I just didn't care about and I kind of forgot their thing. This one I've enjoyed. Oswald in particular, as you see out of the scholar, his story is pretty cool of like getting framed for the murder of his family and being put in jail and, you know, having to wear a, a little, uh, basically the man in the iron mask kind of stuff where he hasn't talked in years and stuff coming out. Uh, I've, I'm, I've been enjoying myself. It's very similar to Octopath Traveler 1 with me where I've put 30 some hours in now because it was my uh, game up in Canada or whatever, but I haven't beaten it and obviously been pulled back into the other review stuff here in the grind. So will I ever roll credits on Octopath Traveler 2? Probably not, but the stories are great. The visuals are great. I think the combat is, is always you know, fantastic. I love it. It's for some reason, it's a rare turn based strategy or turn based uh, RPG that gets me, uh, JRPG, and this one gets me every time. This, this when I was in LA, uh, real quick, I went to the uh, the Academy Museum, so I got to see a whole bunch huh? of cool like movie props and stuff, including the Man in the Iron Mask mask. Oh, the DiCaprio war. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, bus. No, I was gonna say this is one that very uh, important. <laughs> <laughs> I had downloaded. I was gonna play it over the weekend, and then I fell asleep. But like, uh, I've heard so many people in the last week talk about Octobat Traveler two, and with such like great language right like makahayan was talking about the, the battle system being one of the best jrpg battle systems that he's experienced i saw jason schreier put up an um, article on i think medium about him basically saying that it for him is the elden ring of jrpgs just in the fact that you know there was a side quest that he went on where like a thing happened which led him to another thing and like just by happenstance right not by the actual quest markers telling him where to go but just by intuition he was able to piece together two things and like 
it just worked the way that he expected it to work, and that blew his mind in the way that those really cool scenarios can happen in video games. Uh, and so Octopath Traveler 2 is one that I really want to try. Just for me, as somebody who really liked Live Alive and didn't really get into the first Octopath Traveler, um, Tr Octopath Traveler 2 seems to have a lot of good things that people are saying about it. Yeah. Plus, is there any game you want to give a shout-out to? Yeah. I have, a, I have a handful. I have a couple of games that I want to shout-out, even though they're not my... They're not in the game of the year conversation, but they're pretty good games. And then I have a couple other games I want to shout out for very different reasons. But I do want to shout out uh, Wolong Fallen Dynasty, a game that yeah. I think we we said was like, okay, but the combat was so fun, right? Like the combat was the main attachment that I had to that game. And that was the thing that allowed me to see that game through. That game was fun from the boss fights, to the enemy encounters, to the weapons, to the um, the loot system. Like I had such a fun time with the pure gameplay loop of the game. It was a game that I wanted a little bit more from just in terms of the world and the story and the writing and the performances and um, like even like the environment design. Everything around the combat, I wish I got a little bit more from, but it's one that I would say that if you're a fan of Souls games or if you're a fan of action games in general, don't sleep on it. Like, I think it is one that is worth pay, uh, playing, especially because I believe, Mike, it's on Game Pass, It's right? on Game Pass Plus. Yeah, so Day if you one. have Game Pass, I couldn't recommend it more. Wolong Fallen Dynasty is a, a very fun time. And then another one I want to shout out is this game Storyteller. Um, it's one that I think had a trailer like a year or so ago. One of the, the it did turned our heads, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's this really cool game. So it's a puzzle game where the each puzzle has a prompt that it'll give you, and your goal as the player is to figure out how to tell the story that it's asking from you. So like the one where, like, that um, that just came up there was heartbreak is healed, and so you'll have a group of characters and then a group of like actions, right? Where it's, all right, I want to heal this person's heartbreak. Okay, first I have to make them fall in love. So I'm going to take this guy named Harry and this girl named Sally. I'm going to make them fall in love by getting Harry met Sally. When Harry met Sally, yeah. Harry I'm going to make them get married in this panel. And then in the next panel, I am going to kill Sally. <laughs> I'm going to wow. fucking bury her oh, in the Jesus. ground. And then in the third panel, I'm going to, I'm going to add uh, Harry and Hermione and they're going to fall in love. I don't think that's can canonical, but you get the idea, right? It is me telling these stories in order to solve these puzzles. And Roger was actually the one that put me on. He, he came back one weekend after playing and was like, yo, Yo, know, Storyteller is actually really good. And so I played it over the day and I had such a good time with it. Like my only complaint really is that the game is not long enough. I, mm -hmm. I played and beat this thing in like an hour. Um, and I really wanted more from it, especially because the buildup is so, the buildup is so steady in a way where I would have sworn there was way more game here, but I finished it and I was like, oh, that's it. Like, oh man, you guys can mm -hmm. give me more here. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it, it especially took me back because um, the UI of the game isn't the best when you're, figuring out like oh what's the next puzzle i want to solve and so i would finish a puzzle um and then like i i think i would i would click left to then like fast forward me to the next thing i realized later on that i had i had uh, finished the last puzzles of the game before like be way before i was supposed to mm. and so like i was having such a fun time in the final puzzles being like wow this difficulty ramp up is insane <laughs> like oh, how do i do this thing and i and i solve it and i'm like yo I can't wait to see what else is here. And I'm like, oh, shit. All right, that was the last one. Let me go back and do it. And I realized that there wasn't any more difficulty after that. And mm. so um, I just wanted more from it from, from that regard. But I think it is one that's worth picking up for the price. It's, it's on the cheaper side. And if you like puzzles, then for sure, like, it's one, it's one to pick up. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, to bring up, though, are the disappointments of Q1. Because well, I, here, before we move on to that, I want to talk. Uh, I saw, I, we haven't talked on this one about Wild Hearts. I, I really enjoyed Wild Hearts. I had a great time with Wild Hearts. I got sidetracked uh, by life, sadly, uh, when review was happening and we were all playing it. But, like, 
Wild Hearts was such a fun twist on the Monster Hunter thing. I think there was it removed a lot of the barriers of entry of Monster Hunter, a little bit of the minutia of it, and then that ability to create traps and objects on the fly you know what i mean I, when they introduced that in the beginning i thought what a weird gimmick and then when they, i got like two or three more versions of it right where it went from just being a little thing to hop on to a wall i could construct to a giant hammer i could construct and set off as traps i was like oh shit it's like green lantern's ring like that is a cool thing and that does separate it from this and it's a really sad one of like being so jazzed to play more of that because so many of us were playing it at the time, but then getting called up to Canada. And by the time I came back, we had already moved on to other reviews and stuff. I was like, ah, I missed that window to get in there and really play it. Yeah, the same thing happened with me where, like, even though I got to play, I'd say, a lot more than you because I was still, like, I was still here playing. I was part of the, the, that's when you kind of, like, hit me up. I was like, hey, can you be the lead reviewer on it? I had such a fun time with it. And then um, I I think it was Wolong that kind of was already like we got that code and it's like all right i have to play wolong now so unfortunately my time was cut short there but Mm -hmm. that's definitely a game that i feel like i would have kept playing had i not gotten that early code for wolong i think it's absolutely worth it and it's it's a fun freaking time like it the that change up of those little magic building crates and again i had the same thoughts we talked about on that review that man this looks really gimmicky and just give me the monster hunting i don't care about this stupid box building shit and it turns out that that was like the missing piece that I didn't realize that I wanted until yeah. I had it. And having all these different contraptions you can make what just made the whole experience a really, really fun time. It's never too late. We got these streams every day. Let's get out there, do some wild hunt. You know, I never played today. that one. I played oh, like oh one tutorial. Oh, you went on our yeah. turn it on. Nope, I didn't play it. That was you guys. Yeah, oh, that's uh, right. You mean uh-huh. Joe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They added they added more of the cac- kimono kimono the kimono yeah. and the uh-huh. building things which i think are called like kakuri i want to say kakuriko but that's the village i think you're right it might be kakuri yeah. but yeah they added more of those things and so there's updates there oh really and i actually had that in my like almost in, in my disappointment side but more so just for the fact that we didn't play more of it yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah like it's yeah, almost yeah. like a self-disappointment I, of man i wish we stuck with this in my in the review greg i don't know if if you watch it or not you should watch it's a great review. i listened great review um would have rated it a lot higher if it wasn't ugly. Yeah. Like, well, it, you're playing on a PC. That's true. No, I was playing on a console. Damn it. Problem. You started on PC, though. Well, yeah, and, and it, it got so worse. so ugly with the rate. <laughs> <laughs> the rate was so bad, you bounced. Yeah. And then it got worse on console, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just one of those games that, uh, you know, great character creator. Yeah. When we talk about oh, going wow. from that to Wolong and how awesome Koei Tecmo's character creators and how I wish more developers would do this where they have one character creator that like hey this is the koei tecmo character creator whatever games you want to use utilize this tech and it's awesome and it's expansive and now i'm playing ea pga road to the masters like god damn this character is the worst thing i've ever used in my life like i think i think it's the quickest i've ever like gotten in and then out of a character it is (laughs) it is asinine how bad this character creator is tim and i think you see them, and now we're talking about EA Sports, sorry, I just have to talk about this, but they're like also talking about the other, I think a lot of it is, let's concentrate on the the gear you can equip, because there's a lot of like customizable gear you can do in EA, PGA, Road to the Masters. I bought a lot of gear. Because oh, <laughs> like, ah! Tim, you can like have a golf bat, you can change the color of the strap, you can change the color of the towel, but it's like, I want to make my dude look good. And instead of like 20 pre-made faces of which you cannot change the skin color 
So if you find a dude that's like, oh, that kind of looks like me, but I need him to be whiter or darker skinned, you can't. It's Jesus. Dude, it is unbelievably bad. Um, and the thing I was complaining about, it's like, I wish that EA could just make one character greater, use that for Madden, Put use this for Road to the Masters, use this for NBA Live when you bring that back or whatever. The, like, it, it is just, it's a really, really bad character creator. And it's, it bums me out that we've had such awesome experiences because we were spoiled with Wild Hearts and with Wolong's character creators that we came to this, and it, it's just, it's a disappointment, man. Yeah, dang. Uh, before we move on to the disappointments real quick, I, I want to give my shout-out. I talked about this like two weeks ago, but since then, I've kept playing the shit out of Sifu Arenas. Mm. It is so good, and I just feel like it's just going to go under the radar because it is just kind of, oh, yeah, it's a free DLC update, but it's like, man, like Sifu Arenas feels like, a separate experience to the core game and i was gushing about it a couple weeks ago but now that i'm like way further in it i cannot believe how much love is put into each mission and just how fun how much content there is and like how great the presentation of it all is and there's more to come there's like uh you unlock levels as you go and there's like sections that are like coming soon and i'm like i'm getting more that's awesome. i can't believe it but the dedication to uh, hey, we're just going to remake your favorite action movie scenes, but you get to just play through them. And, like, the creative ways they they make them happen in some ways that are, like, legitimately, like, oh, yeah, this is straight out of the movie. And some of it's a bit more like, oh, this is the Sifu version of it. Um, just having such a great time. The only criticism I have is that in Sifu's core game, there's a lot of moving from, like, room to room, going through hallways in between the combat. This is just combat. My hands die after like playing for like 30 minutes. I'm like, I need a break. I need to like shake it out because you're just going. There's so many button presses and so much going on that like my hands are just getting tired. Like, yeah. you, you know, dude, I, I streamed this uh, for like an hour and I had to cut the stream after an hour because I was my hands just hurt. I was like, dude, my the, the what seafood demands of you as a player. Yeah, if you're doing combat straight like back to back to back to back, your hands are just going to cramp after a little bit. But it's such a fun time. Yeah, I, I'm supremely impressed with this. Like, it honestly is probably my favorite, uh, like, DLC to a game that feels like it both enhances the my favorite fighting experience. Game. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, but also does something, like, so new. Like, it's Sifu, but it's not. It's, like, it is a different experience that you have to take moment by moment. Like, I still haven't beat it, and it's literally because of my hands. Um, but it, it this is, uh, it's very special. And I think that, like, they're going to do some, I, I get the vibe that whatever's coming down the line, like, they're working on some fun stuff. Because this really does feel like that kind of dream case scenario where you're like, you're telling me Insomniac is making a Spider-Man game? What? And then it, it happens. It's like, oh, you're telling me there's going to be a DLC that is just you playing Sifu? in scenarios from John Wick or The Matrix, and then they just do that thing. And I'm like, well, thank you. So go go check out Sifu Arenas. If, it's free if you if you have Sifu. Moving on to disappointments now, Bless. What do you got for me? Yeah, so like when I think of Q1 this year, as much as I think of the games that I love, I think there are a handful of games that I was looking forward to that ended up disappointing me in one way or another. Uh, the first one being Forspoken, right? That came out back in January 24th. And uh, I know Greg reviewed it, so Greg probably has way more to say, but that was one that as soon as I played the, That's what I <laughs> as soon as I played the demo, I was like, oh, no, I, I'm not feeling this. And I played a little bit of the game when, it, when uh, we first got codes, and I was just like, this is not doing it for me. And I immediately bounced out. But that was the first one. Uh, season of Letter to the Future is another one. I was, I was one. hoping you'd bring this one up. Yeah. yeah. Right? We had all eyes on Season of Letter to the feature of like what a cool concept the world's ending you have to go around you have to document it do all these different things and got it it's got a beautiful art obviously but get it in like those first few like not cutscenes, but where people are talking it's like ooh, 
Yeah. Oh, this VO ain't good. Oh, this interface isn't good for how the dialogue's popping up. And you get in the open world, and it's really beautiful. But then when you start interacting with people, it's like, oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, like every time you interact with somebody, I feel like it's like that's when it really is like, I don't want to do this. Like, you have a great idea here, and I just don't think you knock it out of the park. And I, I think it's even more disappointing because the game has other moments of brilliance yeah. where you look at the art, you look at the trailer that's playing right now, and this game is as beautiful as it looks. Uh, the art style is gorgeous. The colors are gorgeous. Like They do such good things with environment and lighting and just the design in general. It all looks fantastic. And then there are also excellent moments of writing where it almost feels like I am listening to poetry where they're taught. One of the first things that you do in the game is you are talking to, I believe it's your mother and you are going around the the house and like bringing things to her where it's like, all right, like these are things that I, me as your daughter, I'm going to remember, like I'm going to carry on the memory of this thing. But that means that you and my mother are going to forget this. And going through that scene, I was like, oh, this is going to be special. This feels like something that's going to be special. And there are a handful of special moments like that throughout the game. But I think just as an overall, it doesn't come together uh, just in terms of like keeping that stuff up in the VO, keeping that stuff up in terms of keeping the world interesting and keeping me engaged. After a while, I just was not interested in the in the the world they presented here. And so, yeah, for me, that that comes up as one that I wanted way more out of. Atomic Heart is another one mm. that I thought was going to be such a slam dunk. I've been looking for something to fill in that gap uh, between Wolfenstein 2 and maybe eventually Wolfenstein 3 um, or like any, like even I, even, I, I even just want Bioshock sort of Bioshock, yeah. but I just want a dope ass first person shooter campaign. Cause we, those are uh, so few and far between nowadays and atomic heart came through. It came in. Um, we got the code in and I started playing it. I played a couple hours and immediately I was like, ah, this is not doing it for me either. Just from the tone of it, the writing of it. I did not like a lot of the dialogue. And then also just in terms of game feel, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that either. And so um, that's up there for me. And then another one is Horizon Call of the Mountain. That's yep. one that I really wanted to be the, oh, this is going to sell me on PSVR 2. This is going to be as good as Horizon is for console, as this thing can be for, for PSVR 2. And it's fine. Like, it's a it's a beautiful game. It's a great climbing simulator, but... Great bow and arrow game. Great bow and arrow game, but it's also, it doesn't... It's not one that I would say, if you're a Horizon fan, you got to pick this up. And it's not one that I would say, hey, if you're looking for PSVR 2, you got to pick this up. Like, there are even more games that are in the PSVR 2 catalog that I'll recommend way, way more before we get to, to Horizon Call of the Mountain. Something like Before Your Eyes or uh, Gran Turismo. And so that's up there for me as well. Um, and then Crime Boss Rock A City, I was hoping would be at least a little bit good. Oh my God! <laughs> Can I talk about Crime Boss Rock A City finally? Uh, is of it course, a disappointment. Or uh, it's a okay. disappointment. Okay. It's a major disappointment, Greg. Uh, of course, if you've listened to the Kind of Funny X Cast, we had a great rant about Crime Boss Rock A City last week. But uh, I'll keep it short and simple on this one. It, it's a big disappointment. I mean, it is a game that has a bunch of actors that you know, right? Like. You think, oh, man, Chuck Norris, that's crazy. Like, this is going to be a fun time. <laughs> Danny Trejo's in it. That's insane. Why do they got vanilla ice? Like, what are they going to do here? And unfortunately, the game just is an amalgamation of so many different ideas come together. It is a business simulator. It has a stock market where you're selling illegal goods on the black market and you have to follow trends. It has a kind of gang where you you recruit gang members and then you take over territories Mike, you're just talking about yakuza dude and then all of a sudden it is 
it wants to be Payday. It wants to have these big mega heist missions where it's just like Payday and Payday 2 where you scour the building, you really get into it with you and your friends because you can play this multiplayer and you go in there and you bust the joint open and you steal a bunch. But unfortunately, what it turns into is just absolute mayhem. Every single mission is poorly put together, really bad design. It's a half-baked Payday and that's the unfortunate part about it. And... Man, oh, man, I, I'm playing this just for the memes and the laughs, but, like, I can't stop playing it for some reason. Because it's it also, delivering the memes and the laughs? It, it is, and it's also a roguelike, mm -hmm. just so you know, because that's hot right now, Andy Cortez. If you didn't hot! Know, everybody know loves roguelites and roguelikes, so guess what? We got to make our video games like that. So technically, you're supposed to lose eventually and die, mm -hmm. but I've Mike never died because there's only... <laughs> you, you go into these levels, it takes... A roguelite where you never die is terrible. Excruciatingly long load times. And let's mind you, it's not super long, but it's, like, it's a full-on 45-second load time to get into a bad cutscene that is right? phoned in. This is on PC. Imagine what it's going to be on console when this drops on console. Phoned yeah. in by Chuck Norris that takes you another 45 seconds. Then you get out of that. You get dropped into a level that has about seven enemies that you murder in just one shot each. And then it goes, great job. Mission complete. And you load out of that level to do it over and over again. It is a nightmare of a video game. It is crazy <laughs> that people stood around a table and was like, let's do it. <laughs> let's rock and roll with that. Let's but we're here. Rock we're here. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, this one I'll never forget. Thinking about it. I can't. I can't. I'm going to play it again tonight. <laughs> I fucking love you. I can't stop, y'all. Right, cl closing this out, Andy and Greg, do either of you have a, a disappointment so far that you want to talk about? Because honestly, I, I don't have anything that I would say. I'm like, oh, man, I'm truly let down. Like, for Spoken, I was so hopeful for, and immediately I was like, this isn't for me. But to say I'm disappointed, I was like, I kind of I still think you'd be disappointed by that, right? Like, I was disappointed by that with Forspoken. You know, Call of the Mountain for Bless's thing. But I would say PSVR 2 overall. Mm. Again, saw it coming. I've talked at length about I don't know what why what's going this doesn't look good but that doesn't stop the fact that it's out and i don't care i don't feel like i need to go play I, you know my my vr unit's been here since review like i haven't been like i gotta get it home i gotta go do something i've played everything i play here um but you know beyond that uh chia is another one that just came out right that Ch -ch -ch chia uh you know looked gorgeous an indie playstation's getting behind i'm always down for that this fun island is you know gliding like zelda uh possession of animals all these different things and it's fun it's beautiful it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination but it just lacks that motivating force for me like i played it in one night i played oh i shouldn't say i played it i played it for one night uh, i have not gone back to it because other things have called my name whereas this was fun and it's pretty and there's a lot of good music numbers but there's a lot of systems getting tossed in there where it's like what is the identity of this game what are you trying to do exactly in terms of gameplay not in terms of story um and it's just not something i'm motivated to go back to and i doubt i ever will and it's the same thing where it's like i feel like the reviews came out and people were like yeah it's you know okay yeah and like you know janet was more like oh okay and it's like you play it and you either i think go through and play it and enjoy yourself and never come back to it or beat it or don't. But I just don't see it being something we talk about at length from here on out. I'm with bless with Forspoken and atomic heart as well. I thought, I mean, every trailer we had seen leading up to atomic heart looked insane. And it just, uh, it's still a game that I, I, I had a decent amount of fun with, but I thought it was going to be like, this is a contender, and sure. I just don't. I just don't feel like it well, you was. Didn't say good there. You didn't say uh, contender. There it is. Thank you. There it is. Uh, it, it was the yeah. 
apart from the tone and everything, it just um, it, it delivered some cool uh, tech stuff that I don't think we've seen a whole lot in first-person shooters. I love the the way the looting is. I don't know if you've seen the way the looting is, Tim, but you have like this little like vacuum that sucks in loot from all the doors and cabinets around you. And you just kind of look around the room and all the cabinets open and all the shit <sighs> flies towards you. It has like uh, some really neat like visual stuff as well. I think the game is insanely gorgeous looking. Um, and it looks like that next gen thing, which is why I was always saying like this game's gonna run like garbage. And it ran super well and all the NVIDIA stuff works super well on it. I just I just didn't feel like it was delivering on the story that I wanted. Yeah. I, I love that you call me out for the the vacuum loot stuff because there's something I, we never talked about this. I love that shit. There's something so satisfying about things flying at you. Ratchet and Clank, one of the reasons I love yeah, the, oh, the bolts. So much. It just feels good to get those bolts flying at you. And Animusha, you guys oh. talk about Animusha all the time. Animusha, it's part of a mechanic where you need, like, you have to hold circle and he, like, sucks shit into his gauntlet. Mm -hmm. It just feels good. Yeah. Man. It feels dangerous. It's yeah, old it's God really of War dope. opening a chest and having, like, the, the, oh, the orbs yeah, come back fly yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah. It feels good. Let us know what feels good for you, everybody. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for where, having me. Where can people find you on the Xcast? Uh, of course, you can find me each and every week on the Kind of Funny Xcast. I'm live streaming with Andy, Nick, and the team here each and every day, each, each and every weekday. And the fun time about the live stream stuff is we get to try a lot of these games that you know we might skip in a conversation, right? Like us playing Deceive Inc., the finals. Like me and Andy get to play a lot of these fun games. I think that's the cool part about our Kind of Funny streams is we might play a party game we might play the newest hottest release of dead space remake or we might dive deep into the steam library and find out like what is going to be the next gem and that's something special for me that i always want to share with the best friends so yeah thanks for having me i, I did request a code for deceive inc for ps5 greg there you i go. saw that thank you thank you i appreciate it uh and also let us know in the comments below what your contenders are yeah. You fucking nailed it, dude. There you go, Andy. Andy. And also, what are your disappointments so far for uh, Q1? Um, definitely interested in all of that. And get ready for Q2, baby. You want to be subscribed to the Kind of Funny Games cast feed, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We're going to be playing. We're going to be talking. It's going to be a good-ass time for everybody involved. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.